Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the believers. So far the address was directed to who? The Bani Israel. They were being reminded of the many favors that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed on them. The many, many times that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helped them, blessed them. But still, they did not turn to Allah. Still, they did not humble themselves before Allah. So Allah says, your hearts have become hard. And now Allah addresses the believers. Allah says, أَفَتَطْمَعُونَ Do you then wish, do you then desire, and يُؤْمِنُوا لَكُمْ That these people, meaning the Bani Israel, will listen to you? That they will believe in you? You think that they will believe? They're not going to believe. You think they're going to listen to you? No way. When a person's heart has become hard, then no matter what evidence you give them, no matter how you explain things to them, they don't change. They remain unaffected. It is as though you're talking to a wall. Your words bounce back at you. So you desire that these people are going to believe? Give up that hope. They're not going to believe. أَفَتَّطْمَعُونَ طَمَعْ طَمَعْ is, you can say, greed. To greedily desire for something. A very strong desire for something. So, all you believers, do you strongly desire that أَيُؤْمِنُوا لَكُمْ That these Bani Israel will believe in you? They will listen to you? That if you tell them to believe in the Prophet ﷺ, they're going to listen? No way. It's not going to happen. They're not going to listen. Why? Because their hearts have become hard. And, وَقَدْ كَانَ فَرِيقٌ And in fact, there is a group. Fariq from the root letters, فَرَاقَ Fariq is a group of people that is separate from the main body. Faraqa. What does Faraqa mean? To separate. وَإِذْ فَرَقْنَا بِكُمُ الْبَحْرَ So Fariq, a group. There is a group, minhum from them, meaning from the Bani Israel. What do they do? يَسْمَعُونَ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ They listen to the speech of Allah. يَسْمَعُونَ سِينْ مِيمْ عَيْنْ Samr, to hear. كَلَامَ اللَّهِ Kalam Speech, word. So there is a group of the Bani Israel who listen to the speech of Allah, but then what do they do after listening to it? Summa then يُحَرِّفُونَهُ They distort it, they alter it, they change it. يُحَرِّفُونَ حَرَّفَ حَرَّفَ يُحَرِّفُ تَحْرِيف is to distort something, to change it. Basically it is derived from حَرَفْتِ الدَّابَّة an animal changed its direction. Like for example, an animal is facing this way, harafa meaning he changed his direction, he turned around. So words, they are to be understood, they are to be read, pronounced in a particular way. But if you change their pronunciation, if you distort their meaning, if you alter their meaning, this is what? Tahrif, alteration of the words. So these people, they hear the speech of Allah, but then what do they do? They do its tahrif, they change it, they distort it. And remember that tahrif of the words is done in two ways. First of all, tahrif that is lovely, and secondly, tahrif that is ma'nawi. Tahrif that is lovely, what do you understand by the term lovely? That it's the alteration of the words. So for example, a word has to be read, it has to be pronounced in a particular way, but you change the pronunciation. You change the actual spelling. So if you change the spelling, then is the word going to remain the same? No. If you change the pronunciation, is it going to have the same meaning? Of course not. For example, mustaqim. There has to be a ta. But if a person says mustaqim, ta, you're changing a ta into a ta. 
For example, they were told to say hitta. What did they say? Hinta. Does it sound similar? Yes. They just added another letter. Hitta, hinta. Similar. But they changed the actual spelling of the word. So this is what? Tahrif lafdiyya. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا كَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى Allah spoke to Musa. If people read it as, وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهَ مُوسَى They change the who into ha. The meaning changes. So if you change the spelling, this is what? Tahrif al-lafdiyya. The second type of tahrif is tahrif that is ma'nawiyya. That you keep the words the same, but you distort, you change the meaning, the implication, the understanding. How would you do that? By taking the word out of context. By saying that it's from a different origin, so it gives it completely different meaning. For example, in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about daraba. Okay, the word daraba comes many times in the Qur'an. Daraba literally means to strike, to hit. And there are some contexts, if the word daraba comes with fi, or it comes with different other words, then it will give a different implication, it will give a different meaning. So a person says, oh, every daraba in the Qur'an, it doesn't mean to strike, it doesn't mean to hit, it doesn't mean to beat, no, no. It means to travel, it means to journey. Is that correct? No, you're changing the meaning. Similarly in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the namla, the ants, the story of the ants. When Sulaiman salam, he was traveling with his armies and they were crossing a particular valley and over there, there was an ant hill. And when the ants sensed that an army was coming, they, they announced like an alarm that everybody get back into your places because an army is coming and if you don't get in, you might be crushed. So it was an ant. And the word namla is used for an ant. There are people who say, oh no, 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 this namla doesn't refer to an ant. It actually refers to the tribe of the namli people. So there was a tribe who lived there of the people who are known as the namlites. And when they heard that the army is coming, they said, oh, get into your homes, otherwise you will get crushed. I mean, tell me something. An army will crush people with their feet. Is that possible? It's not possible. And the word namla in the Quran is understood as what? An ant. In the Arabic language, it's understood as what? Ant. So this is how people distort the meanings. They keep the word the same, but what do they do? They distort the meaning of the word by taking it out of context, by interpreting it incorrectly, by interpreting it according to their own desires. And there are many different reasons behind that. So anyway, the Bani Israel, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, you think they will believe? They're not going to believe. Because there is a group amongst them who hear the speech of Allah, but what do they do after hearing it? They distort it, they alter it, either in word or in meaning, or both. And when do they distort it? مِن بَعْدِ مَا عَقَلُوهُ After they have understood it. عَقَلُوا عَيْنْ قَافْ لَامْ عَقَلُ What does عَقَل mean? To understand, to reason. So after they have understood the actual spelling of the word, the actual meaning of the word, they distort the meaning. They distort the pronunciation. مِن بَعْدِ مَا عَقَلُوهُ And this is a much greater crime. That a person knows what the actual meaning is. A person knows what the actual word is, but yet he alters it. Yet he changes it. مِن بَعْدِ مَا عَقَلُوهُ Moreover, وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ And they know. What do they know? They know that they are distorting the words of Allah. It's not an accident. It's not a mistake. It wasn't a misunderstanding. You know, for example, if somebody says to you something and you misunderstand it, it's possible. But if a person deliberately changes the implication of that statement, then that is a crime. After he has understood it correctly, still he changes it. 
this is a crime. وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ And they know. Meaning this was not an accident. This is deliberate. And وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ They know that altering the words of Allah is a huge crime. Yet they do it. They know it's a sin. Yet they do it. وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ What does it mean by this verse? In this verse we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the believers that give up hope that these people are ever going to believe. They're not going to believe. They're far away from believing. So far, imagine, they understand the words of Allah. They know what they mean, yet they change the meaning. Yet they play around with the words. And if a person is doing that with knowledge, you think he's going to change? You think he's going to accept? He's not going to listen to you. You know, one is a person who doesn't know at all. If you tell him, there is a chance that he's going to believe. But there is a person who knows, yet he rejects, and yet he changes, he distorts the words. Give up hope that they're ever going to believe. And it shows what a great crime these people committed, that they distorted the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this verse, the fariq, the group of the Bani Israel, this is referring to their scholars, their leaders, the educated ones, that they knew the kalam of Allah. What does the kalam of Allah refer to? It may be understood as a Torah, that they would distort, alter the words, the meanings of the Torah. And secondly, kalam over here may also refer to the Qur'an. That they heard the Qur'an, yet they changed the wording. I can give you an example over here that once the Bani Israel, the Jews, they came to the Prophet ﷺ and instead of saying, Assalamu alaikum, they said, Assalamu alaikum. What does that mean? May death be upon you. So Aisha radiallahu she understood that and she got very upset, very angry. And she said, Wassalamu alaikum wa la'na, the curse of Allah be also upon you. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Why did you say that? You should have just said what I said. She said, What did you say? He said, I just said, Wa alaikum. Same to you. So anyway, they distorted the words of the Torah and they also distorted the words of the Qur'an. Yes, Assalamu alaikum is not really in the Qur'an, but just to give you an example that those Jews at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, they did that. So they distorted the words of the Torah, they distorted the words of the Qur'an. Why would they do that? Why do you think somebody would distort, change the meaning, change the words of the Book of Allah? Why? Think about it. There is a law different amendments, different acts, so on and so forth. And there's a lawyer who's trying to somehow make his client innocent. And he knows that he's guilty. What is he going to do? He is going to perhaps interpret the law in a way that will prove his client innocent. People do that to suit their own desires. You know, for example, there are people who don't want to change themselves according to the Qur'an. But what do they want to do? Change the Qur'an. So that neither we are wrong, we are not wrong, and at the same time, we're also following the Book of Allah. But that cannot happen. Either you're following the Book of Allah, or you're not following the Book of Allah. For example, the verses in the Qur'an about hijab, absolutely clear, absolutely obvious. But people will interpret it differently. They will not change themselves, they will change the Book of Allah. Now the Yahud, how did they change the Torah? We know that constantly... Their books have been altered, their books have been revised, their books have been changed, they have been tampered throughout the ages. Why? For worldly benefits. For example, there's a person who's very wealthy. If he is committing a crime, he has to be punished. We don't want to punish him because it will be a huge humiliation for him. So let's just slightly change these words and this how he will not be punished. Similarly in the Torah, the signs of the Prophet ﷺ, his description was clearly mentioned. What did they do? They changed it or they completely removed it. They erased it from their book. Then the Qur'an also, to make fun of the book of Allah, they would alter the words. To mock at the believers. For example, in the Qur'an, 
we learned Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the believers that don't say ra'ina wa qulunzurna wasma'u. That if you miss something that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, don't say ra'ina, say unzurna. Don't use this word ra'ina. Why? Because the believers would say ra'ina, which gives a meaning of pardon us. Would you please repeat that? But the Jews, when they heard that, they would say, O Ra'ina, meaning, O our shepherd. They would mock at the believers in this way. So there are many different reasons why a person would do that. Allah says, such people, they're not going to believe. Don't expect them to change. Don't expect them to believe at all. They know what they're doing. They're committing a huge crime. They do it deliberately. What does this verse show to us? This verse teaches us, when we know something of the book of Allah, then what should we do? Accept it as it is. Don't change it. Don't alter it. Change yourself. Because changing the book of Allah does not actually change the book of Allah. Why? Because Allah has promised to preserve His book. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that, إِنَّا نَحْنُ نَزَّلْنَا الذِّكْرَ وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَحَافِظُونَ That indeed we have revealed this reminder and we are going to protect it. We are going to preserve it. So this Quran no one can change the wordings. No one can. Even if they try their best. The meaning. Can the people try to change it? Yes. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also preserved the meaning of the Qur'an through the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Through the preservation of the Arabic language as well. There are many ways in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has preserved the wording of the Qur'an as well as the meaning of the Qur'an. So the Qur'an cannot be changed. What should we change? Ourselves. Then Allah says, وَإِذَا لَقُلْ لَذِينَ آمَنُوا When these people, when they meet the believers, you think they're going to believe? They're not going to believe. Why? Because when these people, لَقُلْ لَذِينَ آمَنُوا لَقُوا لَامْ قَافِيَةً لَقِيَةً To meet. When they meet the believers, what do they do? قَالُوا They say, آمَنَّا We have believed. When they come in front of the believers, they say, Yeah, we also believe in Muhammad wasallam. آمَنَّا but they say it only by their tongues. This is just a verbal claim, just to please the believers. What does it show to us? That there were some hypocrites who were from among the Yahud, from among the Bani Israel. Because we have read this about the Munafiqeen earlier in Surah Al-Baqarah, that when they come to the believers, they say, we believe. And when they go back to their leaders, they say, we were only having fun. We were only joking. We were only mocking at the believers. We're not serious about this. Such hypocrites, many of them came from among who? The Yahud. So when they come in front of the believers, they say, Amanna, we believe. Meaning we have also accepted Islam. Wa khala, and when they are alone, khala, khalam, wow. Ba'duhum, some of them, ila ba'din, to some others. Meaning when they are alone with one another. They are alone with each other. And remember, khala, it means to be alone. Khalwah ila is to be alone with someone. Why? In order to take their advice, in order to discuss something with them. So when they are alone with one another, meaning there are no Muslims, it's just them, and they're discussing their matters, what happens? Qalu, they say. Who says? Their leaders, their scholars. They say to them, What are you doing? Why do you go to them and say that you have believed? Because they would go and they would say, yeah, we are believers and yes, Muhammad is indeed the right messenger. He's the one whom we were waiting for. And you know, the sign of his is mentioned in our book. And we know that this is also his sign and you know, he fulfills that. So they would come back and their leaders would say, what are you doing? Why are you going and telling them all the information? Do you inform them? 
Any word that you can think of from this word? Hadith. What is hadith? We understand hadith as the narrations concerning the Prophet ﷺ. Whether it is his words or his actions or his circumstances, that is what hadith is. And hadith is what? It is narrated. The word hadith is also used for speech. It is also used for a story. And it literally is, كَوْنُ لَمْ يَكُنْ When something that did not exist comes into existence. Hadith is when you narrate something to the other, what he does not know. He did not know before, you told him, so now he knows. He did not know about it, you told him, and so now he knows about it. So their leaders would say, are you informing them? Are you telling them? They did not know about this, but you're disclosing to them, you're telling them, بِمَا فَتَحَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكُمْ About that which Allah has opened up for you. Fataha, Fataha. Remember Al-Fatiha? The opening. So Fataha is to open. When something is opened up for you, whatever is inside, you come to know about it. It is disclosed to you. So are you telling them about what Allah has disclosed to you? What Allah has opened up for you? Meaning about the knowledge that Allah has given to you. What knowledge did they have? Knowledge of the truthfulness of the Prophet Allah says in the Quran that these people يَعْرِفُونَهُ كَمَا يَعْرِفُونَ أَبْنَاءَهُمْ They recognize the truthfulness of the Prophet ﷺ just as they recognize their own sons. If a person sees his own child, is there any doubt? A person knows, yeah, this is my child. He can spot his child in 50 kids. You know, sometimes there is a picture taken of an entire class and the mother can spot her own child. Although the rest of the children are wearing the exact same uniform or perhaps of the exact same height, exact same age, but still the mother can point out her child very easily. This is how well they could tell the Prophet ﷺ was indeed the right messenger. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given them many signs. He had told them about those signs. So when they would go to the believers and tell them about those signs, their scholars would get upset. What on earth are you doing? Why are you telling them about this knowledge that Allah has given you? Because if you're telling them, then what's going to happen? They know that we're not believing deliberately. And then on the Day of Judgment, لِيُحَاجُّكُمْ بِهِ عِنْدَ رَبِّكُمْ They will argue with you on the basis of it near your Lord. يُحَاجُّكُمْ حَاجِيمْ جِيمْ مُحَاجَّةٌ is an argument. Such an argument that is verbal in which both parties are using evidences against each other to negate each other. So if you're telling them about all of these signs, you know what's going to happen on the Day of Judgment? They're going to argue with you in front of Allah. They're going to say, Ya Allah, these people had the signs, they knew, yet they rejected, yet they did not believe. What answer will you have for that? You will have no answer. So don't tell them anything. Pretend as if he is not the true messenger. Just ignore him. Ignore everything about him. Just don't pay any attention to him. So that they will have no evidence against us. And on the day of judgment, we can say to Allah, that Ya Allah, oh, we didn't recognize him. We didn't know about him. They said, أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ Don't you understand? Allah says, أَوَلَا يَعْلَمُونَ Don't these people know that أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ مَا يُسِرُّونَ وَمَا يُعْلِنُونَ That Allah knows what they reveal and what they conceal? Who are they trying to play with? If they keep a secret in their hearts and they don't tell other people about it, does Allah not know about that secret? Just pretending to not know the Prophet, pretending to ignore him, is that going to help you on the Day of Judgment? No, because Allah knows that you know He is the Messenger. The secret that you have kept in your heart, Allah knows about that. So they would say to their people, don't go to the Muslims and don't tell them anything about the sign of the Prophet ﷺ. Because if you do that, 
tomorrow they will argue with you in the presence of your Lord. And then you will have no answer. And they would say, أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ Don't you understand? Don't you use your reason? Meaning, why are you telling them? Don't tell the Muslims anything. In fact, erase these signs, change them, alter them, get rid of them, do anything to hide this reality. Question, why did they not want to simply believe in the Prophet ﷺ? Wouldn't it be easier to do that instead of making up all this fake display? Wouldn't it be easier to simply believe in the Prophet ﷺ? Wouldn't it be easier to simply accept the fact? Why did they not do so? They would lose their religious supremacy. I told you about the history of the Bani Israel. That for centuries, they were the chosen people. For centuries, they were the special people who had the knowledge, who had the right religion, who were close to Allah, who were those on the truth. And they had kept this only to themselves. They did not share it with the rest of the world. But the Prophet ﷺ, the message that he brought meant what? That this religion is for who? All people. So if they believed in Muhammad ﷺ, they would lose their supremacy over the rest of mankind. And also they were jealous of him. They looked down on the Arabs. They considered themselves to be very superior. For them to believe in an Arab prophet was an insult. They looked down on the Arabs a lot. This is why they didn't want to accept him. Obviously they couldn't deny the reality, so they came up with a very silly idea that don't tell the Muslims anything, hide the facts, erase the reality, and then tomorrow when Allah will question you, you say you didn't know. You think Allah doesn't know you? You think Allah doesn't know what's in your heart, the secret that you're keeping? أَوَلَا يَعْلَمُونَ Do these people not know that أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ That indeed Allah knows مَا يُسِرُّونَ يُسِرُّونَ سِينْ رَارَا سِينْ رَارَا سِرْ Something that a person keeps as a secret in his heart. Or that a person shares with only his friends. He doesn't disclose to the entire world. He doesn't disclose to other people. Do they not know that Allah knows about the secrets they keep? وَمَا يُعْلِنُونَ And what they reveal يُعْلِنُونَ عَيْنْ لَامْ نُونَ إِعْلَانَ إِعْلَانَ is to reveal something. Let it be known. Let it be known to who? Anybody and everybody. So don't they know that Allah knows about everything? They cannot keep any secret from Him. لَا يَخْفَى عَلَيْهِ شَيْءٍ Nothing is hidden to Allah. Everything is open before Him. What does this ayah teach us? This ayah teaches us that there is no way you can deny a reality. Even if you pretend to not know it, you cannot save yourself from Allah. Because Allah knows you inside out. For example, somebody might be very unjust towards someone. And they say, yeah, you know, I mean well, I mean to do good. But in the heart, their heart is full of envy and hatred and bad feelings and feelings of revenge. And they pretend to be very nice in front of other people. Does Allah not know their reality? Yes. This fake display cannot save you. Pretension cannot save you. Just as they were pretending to not know, it cannot save them. So we should accept reality and live in reality. Get out of your imagination and face the reality. We also learn in this verse that people who do such, that they pretend to not know reality, in fact, what are they? They're foolish. Because this is extreme foolishness. Allah says, يعلمون, Don't they know? Meaning, what are they thinking? This is foolishness. We think if a person can do that, he's being very smart and very intelligent. Don't even acknowledge the right of the other. Don't even acknowledge your mistake. Just pretend everything is perfectly fine. For example, a person, he's taken somebody else's wealth, his brother's share of inheritance or his sister's share of inheritance, and he's living off like a millionaire, and he knows about the wrong that he has done, but he pretends as if he's done nothing wrong. This is foolishness. This is not smartness. Similarly, a person cheats on his test, and he pretends as if he's very smart. This is what? Foolishness. Because you cannot play 
with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You cannot deceive Him. You can deceive people, but you cannot deceive Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we should know what real smartness is and what foolishness is. We should know the difference. Then we also learn in this verse that people will argue before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment. People who are friends today will be arguing tomorrow. People who are buddy-buddy today will be enemies tomorrow. لِيُحَاجُّكُمْ بِهِ عِنْدَ رَبِّكُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Mu'minun, Ayah 15, ثُمَّ إِنَّكُمْ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ لَمَيِّتُونَ ثُمَّ إِنَّكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ عِنْدَ رَبِّكُمْ تَخْتَصِيمُونَ Soon you will die, and on the Day of Judgment you're going to argue with one another. Let's listen to the recitation. أَفَتَطْمَعُونَ أَن يُؤْمِنُوا لَكُمْ وَقَدْ كَانَ فَرِيقٌ مِّنْهُمْ يَسْمَعُونَ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ يُحَرِّفُونَهُ ثُمَّ يُحَرِّفُونَهُ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا عَقَلُوهُ وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ وَإِذَا لَقُوا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا قَالُوا خَلَا بَعْضُهُمْ إِلَى بَعْضٍ قَالُوا أَتُحَدِّثُونَهُمْ بِمَا فَتَحَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكُمْ لِيُحَاجُّوكُمْ بِهِ عِنْدَ رَبِّكُمْ أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ أَوَلَا يَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ مَا and among them are unlettered ones, those who are completely ignorant. What is their state? That لا يعلمون الكتاب, they do not know the book, إلا أماني, except just أماني, except mere recitation, or except lies, imagination, false hopes, وإنهم إلا يظنون, and they only doubt. Whatever they say, whatever they believe is based on dhan, supposition, assumption. From among who? Among the Bani Israel. You can think about the Bani Israel as two groups of people. One group of those who are scholars, leaders, who hide the reality, who change the words, who distort the meaning, who add stuff into the book of Allah, who take out stuff from the book of Allah. And then there is another group of people. Who are they? Followers of the leaders. Blind followers of the leaders who don't know anything themselves, who don't know anything about their religion, they just do whatever they're told. They just believe in whatever is told to them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes a second group, that وَمِنْهُمْ and from them are ummiyun. Ummiyun is a plural of ummi. And who is ummi? Ummi is one who has been ascribed to his mother. His nisbah has been done with his mother. This ya at the end that you see, this is of nisbah. What is nisbah? Like for example, if somebody is from Somalia, what are they described as? Soma, Li. If somebody is from Pakistan, what is said about them? Pakistani. If somebody is from Canada, Canadian. So this I-A-N in English, okay, and this Ya in Arabic, this is of what? Nisbah. Ummi, meaning one whose nisbah is with his mother. What does it mean by that? Meaning one whose source of knowledge, whose only source of knowledge is what? His mother. Meaning the way the mother gave birth to him, he is still like that today. In other words, an ummi is someone who has not received any formal education, any formal training. Whatever he learned from his mother, that's it. 
never been to school, never sat before a teacher, never memorized any text, never understood anything, any book, any text, nothing like that. Doesn't know how to read, doesn't know how to write. This is who an ummi is, in its literal sense. So Allah says, women whom ummiyoon, they consider themselves to be the people of the book, look at their reality. Among them are those who are completely illiterate. Illiterate doesn't mean that they don't know how to read and write. No, they may be masters of worldly sciences, highly educated in worldly terms. How are they ummi? Allah says, لا يعلمون الكتاب They do not know the book. Which book? The book that Allah has revealed. The book that they have been given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They have no knowledge of the Torah. No knowledge of the Torah. The only thing that they know about the Torah is what? إِلَّا amani. Only amani. What is amani? Amani is a plural of umniya. And this word has been understood in many ways. One meaning of the word umniya is false hopes, false wishes. So the only thing they know about the book, about the religion is their false imagination. Yeah, you know, I've heard that the story is mentioned in the book of Allah. That so-and-so prophet went there and such and such. Is that true? People say similar things about the Qur'an as well. False hopes. Imagination. Secondly, the word amani is also understood as akadib, lies. Because the word amani is also used for lies. Uthman anhu, he said, مَا تَغَنَّيْتُ وَمَا تَمَنَّيْتُ مُنذُ مَا أَسْلَمْتُ Since I have accepted Islam, I have never participated in any gathering of singing and alcohol, nor have I ever lied. مَا تَغَنَّيْتُ وَمَا تَمَنَّيْتُ Meaning I've never lied. I've never uttered a lie since I have become Muslim. What's the second meaning? Lies. So the only thing that they know about their religion is false stories that were invented by some people and passed on to others and that is what they base their religion on. And unfortunately, this is the reality of the Muslims today as well. They will know about many, many false stories. Whether it is about the Prophet ﷺ, or it is about the Sahaba, or it is about the righteous people of the past. Oh, you know that saint lady, she was so righteous, so pious. She flew up in the air and she put a mat on water and she stood up and she prayed to Allah. False stories and people say, oh my, wow, how obedient she was, how righteous she was. False stories. This is the only thing that they know about religion. Similarly about the hijrah of the Prophet ﷺ. What story is very famous? That he was in the cave and a spider came and you know there was a huge web and there was a dove. It laid eggs over there. So the mushrikeen came but they went away. This is the only story that people know about the life of the Prophet ﷺ. Is it as authentic as other stories? Not really. False stories. This is what the religion is based on. This was a state of who? The Bani Israel as well. The third meaning of Amani is tilawa, recitation. Mere recitation without understanding. So they don't know the book. The only thing they know about the book is just how to read the book. They don't understand what the words mean. They don't understand the implication. They don't understand the context. They don't understand why they were revealed, how you're supposed to apply them. They don't know anything except for recitation. Is that true about Muslims today? Yes. But unfortunately, the people who know how to recite are also few today. We have become much worse than them. So, وَمِنْهُمْ أُمِّيُّونَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ الْكِتَابِ إِلَّا أَمَانِي وَإِنْهُمْ And not they, إِلَّا except يَظُنُّونَ They assume. Meaning everything about their religion is based on assumption. They speak without knowledge. They believe without knowledge. They do without knowledge. Everything is based on assumption. They have no knowledge. What do we see in this verse? Who are the real illiterate people? 
Who are the people who are illiterate, uneducated in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Those who don't have a master's degree, those who have not completed high school, those who don't have a PhD, who are truly unlettered? Those who don't know the book of Allah. My dear sisters, no matter how much knowledge you gain, if you don't know the book of Allah, then this will be our reality in the sight of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed one book for us to read, for us to understand, for us to remember, for us to follow. And tell me, if we read so many other books, we have time to read them, we have time to understand them, we have time to study them in our literature class, we have time to read them so many times, the book becomes you know, loose, that it's been used so much, it's been with us in our bag, it's been with us on our night tables, it's been with us to our classrooms, on the bus, in the car, everywhere, because we need that book. Don't you think Allah will question us? Did you bother to read my book? Did you bother to understand my book? The way we study other texts. Do we study the text of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the same way? The real ummi is the one who does not know the book of Allah. Who does not understand the book of Allah. Even if he knows how to recite. Recitation is not knowledge. Actual knowledge is what? Understanding. I'm not saying recitation is not important. It's extremely important. It's the first step to learning. But it's not the final step. Get to know the book of Allah better than you know other books. We know other books so well. Think about the book of Allah as well. Because if we don't know that book, and if we know every other book, we are still unlettered. Then we also learn in this verse that those people who don't know the book of Allah, then their religion is based on what? Mere assumption, mere supposition. And zan, supposition, cannot take the place of haqq. It cannot take the place of truths. It can never take the place of the truth. We have to know the truth. And whatever we do, whatever we practice, whatever we say in our religion, about our religion, must be based on what? Knowledge. Don't just assume that this is what you have to pray, this is what you have to recite in salah. Don't just assume that this is how you're supposed to make wudu. Gain knowledge. Be confident about what you do. Know the evidence. Study it. And before we speak with regards to anything about the religion, we must have knowledge about it. Otherwise, we are guilty. You know, one is that a person tries to find out, he learns, he studies, yet he says something wrong that is out of ignorance, but still he put in effort. But the other is that a person does not even bother to find out and he goes on saying things about the religion. That is problematic. Weren't the Arabs called Ummiyun? Yes, the word Ummi is understood in many ways. First of all, in its literal sense, someone who is unlettered. Another way, as a technical term, the word Ummi applied to who? The Arabs as opposed to the Bani Israel. Why were they called Ummi? Because they had no scripture and because they did not have a habit of reading and writing things. In Mecca, there were very few people who could read and write. Even the Prophet ﷺ was not able to read and write himself. The Prophet ﷺ said that we are an unlettered nation. We do not read, we do not write, we do not calculate things. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَوَيْلٌ لِلَّذِينَ يَكْتُبُونَ الْكِتَابَ بِأَيْدِيهِمْ So a big woe. Wail, wow, ya, lam. Wail is a term, a word that will come many times in the Quran. It is used as a kalima of adab, threat, wa'id, meaning a big punishment, destruction, curse. Be upon who? Such and such people. So fawailun, for who? Lilladina, for those people who yaktubun al kitaba, who write the book. Yaktubun al kitab, kaftaba. Over here, al kitab does not mean book. Over here, kitab means maktub, meaning something that is written, writing. So, yaktubun al-kitaba, they write the writing, how? 
بِأَيْدِيهِمْ With their own hands. أَيْدِي is the plural of يَدْ يَدْ is hand. So they write something down with their own hands. Tell me, don't you write with your hand? Why has it been said with their own hands? To emphasize that they're forging all of this. They're making it up. They're inventing it. So يَكْتُبُونَ الْكِتَابَ بِأَيْدِيهِمْ They make it up themselves. They write it with their own hands. And then, ثُمَّ يَقُولُونَ Then they say, هَذَا مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ This is from Allah. Just imagine. Imagine if somebody writes a letter and signs it off by your name. Is that a crime? Of course it is. It's a huge crime. Imagine they committed this crime against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ثُمَّ يَقُولُونَ هَذَا مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ This is from Allah. How would they do this? For example, somebody would come and question them about a problem that they're facing, that what are we supposed to do? They say, okay, we'll give you a solution. Give us 50 bucks. This is the fee that you have to pay. They would write something down with their own hands and they would say, oh yeah, we found this in the book. So this is your solution. This is what you're supposed to do. Thank you for your fees. See ya. This is what they would do. It is from Allah. Pretend that it was from the Torah. Similarly, they would write words into the Torah. Why do you think their books have been altered so much? Why? Because they added so many things into the book which were never there originally. يَكْتُبُونَ الْكِتَابَ بِأَيْدِيهِمْ ثُمَّ يَقُولُونَ هَذَا مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ Allah says, وَيْلٌ A big word to them. Why do they do this? What's the reason? لِيَشْتَرُوا So that they may purchase, so that they may take, بِهِ Through it, ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا A very petty price. What is that petty price that they would take in exchange? Some worldly gain. Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not protect the Torah like He has promised to protect the Qur'an? Because the Torah was not the final book. The Qur'an is a final book. After the Qur'an, no other scripture is coming. And the Torah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent prophets to the Bani Israel again and again who taught them the actual book, with the actual words that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had revealed. And this was the decision of Allah. He allowed them. They were the chosen people. They were the ones who were believers whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed with so much. It was expected of them that they should have respect for the book of Allah if other people don't. They would add things to the book and they would say this is from Allah. Why? To gain something that was very petty. Worldly benefits. And saman al-qalila does not mean they took only a penny or two in return. No. Saman al-qalila means anything of this world. Because anything of this world, even if it's everything, what is it? It is small. It is petty. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that قُلْ مَتَاعُ الدُّنْيَا قَلِيلُ وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ لِمَنِ That say, the benefit of this dunya is temporary. It is very small. And the hereafter, it is much better for those people who have fear of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ said, لَمَوْضِعُ سَوْطٍ فِي الْجَنَّةِ خَيْرٌ مِّنَ الدُّنْيَا وَمَا فِيهَا That a place so small in paradise that is occupied by only a whip. Can you imagine a whip? How thin it is? How small it is? The place occupied by a whip in Jannah is much better than dunya and whatever that is in it. This is how small worldly benefits are. So they fabricated things in their religion to gain petty price, to gain dunya in return. لِيَشْتَرُوا بِهِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا Allah says, فَوَيْلٌ لَهُمْ So woe to them. مِمَّا كَتَبَتْ أَيْدِيهِمْ For what their own hands have written. وَوَيْلٌ لَهُمْ And woe to them. مِمَّا يَكْسِبُونَ For what they acquire, for what they earn. يَكْسِبُونَ is from كَاب سِينَ كَسَبَ is to earn, to gain something, to acquire something. So two things are being mentioned over here. First of all, فَوَيْلُ لَهُمْ مِمَّا كَتَبَتْ أَيْدِيهِمْ Their action of writing. Allah says, woe to them. And second thing, وَوَيْلُ لَهُمْ مِمَّا يَكْسِبُونَ They're earning. Woe to them for that. 
their action and their earning, both are being reprimanded over here. Both are being declared as blameworthy over here. What do we learn in this verse? Why do you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning the crimes of the Bani Israel? So that we take a lesson. They didn't accept the book of Allah as it was. They either deleted parts of it, or they altered parts of it, or they added things into the book of Allah. Why? To suit their own desires. To gain this dunya. While the masses, they chose to remain ignorant of the book of Allah. The scholars were playing with the religion of Allah, and the masses, the people, what were they doing? Simply following them. And what is the reason? Why is it that the ordinary people did not know the book of Allah? You know why? They were busy making their dunya. They were busy chasing this world. They were masters in business, in craftsmanship. For example, in Medina, the Jews were very wealthy, extremely wealthy. How? They were the ones who sold weapons, and they were the ones who sold gold. They were the ones who made jewelry. They were the ones who owned lands, who had huge fortresses. They had every skill of this world. But they did not know their religion. Their religion was concentrated within who? Just the leaders amongst them. Whatever they said, the masses followed. We need to check ourselves today. What do we do? Do we just do whatever somebody tells us? Or do we know the book of Allah for ourselves? We should know the book of Allah ourselves as well. So we see that both people are being reprimanded over here. The leaders as well as the followers. The scholars as well as the followers. Scholars for distorting the book for adding stuff into the book, and the masses for being ignorant about the book. Both are at fault, both are guilty. So if we have been given knowledge of the deen, then what should we do? Be serious with the deen. And if we don't know the deen, then what should we do? Learn the deen. Because if we remain in that state of ignorance and foolishness, then who is to be blamed? We ourselves. We are at fault. And we see that writing something in the book of Allah is not something small. It's a huge crime. Writing something in a way that it appears that it is part of the book. It should not be done. We should become very careful. And this also shows to us that the book of Allah, the religion of Allah, should never be used to make worldly profit. This is what the scholars were doing. They would write stuff, they would give fatwas. Why? To make money. The religion of Allah is not cheap. Is not something through which a person should be making money. What does it mean by this? For example, a person is studying the religion just so that he can become a scholar, just so that he can make money. This is a wrong intention. If you're using the deen of Allah, just as a person is using mathematics or science or geography to make money, this is wrong. Because if you're using it for this purpose, then your heart is not involved. You don't have fear of Allah. But if you're learning the deen of Allah, you're serving the deen of Allah, to exalt the word of Allah, to tell people about Allah, about His kalam, and the side benefit is some worldly advantage, then that is different. That is permissible. Whenever a person is learning the deen, teaching the deen, serving the deen, in any capacity, what should be the main intention? Money? Worldly benefit? Something that you can put in your resume? Oh, I took TQE4 in Al-Huda on the weekends. I'm a very smart student. I got 90%. So yeah, give me this job. Is that what should be done? No. What should be the intention? To exalt the word of Allah. To come closer to Allah. To do what we are supposed to do. And the side benefit? Alhamdulillah. Hada min fadli rabbi. And if a person uses the deen for the dunya, then this is something terrible. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wailun, a big woe. And notice how many times wail has been said three times in this verse. Wailun lahum, wailun lahum, wailun lahum. 
This is something major, something very serious. Let's listen to the recitation. ثم قست قلوبكم من بعد ذلك فهي كالحجارة أو أشد قسوة وإن من الحجارة لما يتفجر منه الأنهار وإن منها لما يشقق فيخرج منه الماء وإن منها لما يهبط من خشية الله وما الله بغافل عما تعملون أفتطمعون أن يؤمنوا لكم وقد كان فريق منهم يسمعون كلام الله وقد كان فريق منهم يسمعون كلام الله ثم يحرفونه من بعد ما عقلوه وهم يعلمون وإذا لقوا الذين آمنوا قالوا آمنا وإذا خلا بعضهم إلى بعض قالوا أتحدثونهم بما فتح الله عليكم أتحدثونهم بما فتح الله عليكم ليحاجوكم به عند ربكم أفلا تعقلون أولا يعلمون أن الله يعلم ما يسرون وما يعلنون ومنهم أميون لا يعلمون الكتاب إلا أماني وإنهم إلا يظنون فويل للذين يكتبون الكتاب بأيديهم ثم يقولون هذا من عند الله ثم يقولون هذا من عند الله ليشتروا به ثمنا قليلا فويل لهم مما كتبت أيديهم وويل لهم مما يكسبون